0: Sue Meyer.
1: Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today we're talking about uh, barbecues and food poisoning. (laughs) Actually, it should just be about food poisoning because seriously, we always hear about all the things that happen at barbecues, but you know what? I've never had that happen in my life. I've had food poisoning with someone I knew and loved very much from eating a bowl of chili at a restaurant and i had my daughter picked up salmonella in river rafting i've talked about that in the past and let's see here i just had food poisoning for the first time in my life that i know of for sure that i actually could say this is from a bad product and that was just recently so this isn't a this is a pretty appropriate podcast today but yes you have to watch your food i know when we took our food training obviously you grow up and your mom teaches you how to prepare food in the kitchen, you know, don't touch it, keep your hands clean, make sure your temperatures are correct. And then when we took our, like I say, our food training, it was all pretty redundant, but it was a good point to really drive home the importance of actual temperatures, you know, cooking temperatures, and holding temperatures. Holding temperatures are the the biggest deal when it comes to food. Obviously you want to cook your meat, chicken and pork, always to 165, internal temp, and All your food should be cooked properly is if it's meat. And holding temperature is the biggest. So often, the holding temperature won't be high enough. And so if it gets too low, then bacteria can grow. And that's how the person I knew and loved got this severe food poisoning from that bowl of chili. The funny thing is, is I told that person, I don't think you should eat that chili. I just had a feeling. I don't know. Anyway, they ate this chili and the vomiting was so violent. It was awful. It was for hours, and it was just violence. That was back in the day before I was using homeopathy, and actually it was like 20, 27 years ago, and I remember it so well. It was it was awful, but they recovered because they had a very strong constitution. It, they were pretty wiped out the next day, but they did recover. If I would have had homeopathy or something like Potiphyllum, oh my goodness, I could have helped them so quickly. In a case like that, today, I would give that person immediately. I would give them arsenicum. I would give it in any potency that I had on hand. You could give a 200, you could give a 12C, 12X, anything that you have on hand. You can give when you suspect food poisoning. And I would always give a capsule full of charcoal. And people just kind of look at me when I, you know, I say activated charcoal. People look at me kind of funny when I say that. But charcoal, how many of you ever had a fish tank? Okay. Um, I used to sit and watch. We had a, we had a, a fish tank and I used to wonder how that stayed clean because if you have a fish bowl with no with no uh, cleaner on the back the bubble thing that goes through the charcoal that's all it is is activated charcoal that the water is being pumped through to keep it clean and the charcoal absorbs all the impurities. There's just a tiny bit of charcoal in the back of that fish tank and how long does it last before it fills up? Quite a while and you can have three or four fish in there in the last first weeks. The point is charcoal has an effect amazing ability to absorb toxins i remember when i took my cease therapy kim Cleanus's says one charcoal capsule has the ability to absorb all the toxins on a football field well think about that you know that's a lot a area i'm sure she was referring to pesticides okay anyway point is charcoal has an amazing ability to absorb toxins so when you take that charcoal capsule it immediately starts drawing all the toxins to it and then it will pass through the body in the safest route. Available to it to, to rid itself of the toxins which is through the rectal area and then the toxins are gone I, I've told the story in the past about a dog I was called to an emergency where the dog had the owner had realized that The dog had eaten rat poison, but didn't really discover it until the dog was already walking in circles and frothing at the mouth and so anyway, went back, retraced the steps, realized the dog had eaten rat poison. Well, rat poison is horrible in the sense that you know there's other toxins added to it, but it is basically like coumadin. It's rat poison, okay? <laughs> that, that's what we take for you know blood thinners, right, guys? Anyway, so I told him give a charcoal capsule. I'll be there with the arsenicum. Didn't have the charcoal, had to get it. But by the time I got there, we gave the charcoal and the arsenicum, and within an hour half the dog was wagging its tail and not walking in circles anymore. We continued to treat the dog for a couple more days, and it was fine. But that's how quickly the charcoal and the arsenic come together will work. And that's what I almost always do for any time there's a suspected poisoning or you know there's been poisoning. And like I said, if somebody suspects they've been poisoned, they say, I've been poisoned, or I think I feel poisoned, Or do you think that food was bad? Even if they suspect it, you have to remember, everything is in the language and we treat the symptoms. So if they suspect they ate something bad, give them the arsenicum. Give the charcoal, the activated charcoal. Don't even hesitate. I have really good activated charcoal in my store. I have two different kinds. But you can get it anywhere. It's cheap and you should have it in your first aid kit. And back to my story. Yes, I I love tomato juice, okay? (laughs) And I I very often... I juice my own tomatoes, add a half a teaspoon of salt per quart, can it up, and keep it, okay? So every now and then, I'll get thirsty for it, and I will just shake it up, open the jar, and, and drink some. Well, I had a jar in the refrigerator that was about half gone, and I knew it was like at the, you know, had been there for a week-ish, you know? So I, I opened the jar, I just I shook it and I smelled it. It smelled really good. So I just assumed it was good and I poured it in a glass and I took a great big drink and just as I was about to take my second drink I realized I don't think that was very good. Oh my word. I I spit it out. Oh it was it was awful. Anyway went and got a new jar. <laughs> shook it up. Didn't faze me too much. Drink it. About three hours later. No it was longer than that. It was about five hours later. I woke up at eleven thirty at night and I oh I felt so nauseous. And my stomach had gurgled a little bit before I went to bed. and I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I never dreamed that it was the bacteria that I had ingested so willfully. <laughs> so anyway, I laid there for a few minutes. It's like, oh, I, th- I feel like I'm going to throw up. Oh, I never throw up, you know. Oh my goodness, and my stomach was kind of gurgling, and I felt really bloated, and my stomach was really tight. And that's what they call that tympanic-type abdomen. <laughs> and I just, I went downstairs, and the kids were downstairs still because it was a weekend. And I said, oh, I don't feel so good. I think I have food poisoning. They all just looked at me. (laughs) I said, so just, you know, just always take that teaching moment. And I told them what I had done. And I said, so I'm going to take a charcoal capsule and I'm going to take arsenicum. And I think it was only a 12C that I had. Or no, I don't even know what potency arsenicum I had on hand. I just took whatever I had. I took a charcoal capsule and I prepared to get really sick because... Like I said, I could just feel it coming on with a vengeance, but within a half hour, it was completely gone. Everything was gone. I had no nausea. I had no stomach pains. My stomach was fine. It was gone. So that's how quickly the charcoal and arsenic will work. Unsuspected food poisoning. Now, see, if I had been a little kid, I probably would have got very ill before anyone would have known what I had done because kids don't say, "Ooh, I just drink some bad tomato juice or, "Ooh, my tummy hurts. I feel a little bit nauseous. They don't they're not usually so forthright with their information. They, they wait, they wait until they have to run to the bathroom and start throwing up before they usually divulge any pertinent information, you know? <laughs> oh, and how many times do they just, they never make it to the bathroom, they just throw up on the floor and route, and they, <laughs> so mommy's cleaning up walls and carpet. and <laughs> Oh, shoot. Okay, so what do you do if they don't tell you in time To give the arsenic and charcoal and they they just like i said give you full-blown symptoms um that's when you know first of all i would assume it's like a flu possibly and veratrum is a super super good flu remedy it can also be really efficient for food poisoning if the symptoms are there and the symptoms for veratrum as well as potophyllum potophyllum is the number one food poisoning remedy behind arsenicum it's it's amazing but like i said if i don't have patofylum i will give Veratrimon and because the symptoms are very very similar it's just that patofylum is more specific to the types of food poisoning that are out there so we'll we'll actually just talk about patofylum here for just a moment cuz patofylum is like it's actually made from like like apple like little kids go out and eat Green apples, they get that really bad stomach ache, they could possibly throw up, they get diarrhea. That is that's pot of phylum and oddly enough, potophyllum is the main remedy for like prolapse rectum or even prolapse uterus. You so you think of that type of violence that's going to cause prolapse, that's potophyllum, and whether they have the, the kind of violence or not, potophyllum can still correct prolapse very readily. Of has can have alternating conditions. Diarrhea alternating with constipation. Headache alternated with diarrhea. Sudden atta- shocks from jerking pains. Constantly shaking and rubbing region of liver with the hands. Much drowsiness and desire to stretch. Great loquacity. In other words, talks a lot during their chill and their heat. Thirst for large quantities of cold water. Viscid mu- mucus in the mouth. Coating on the teeth. Intense desire to press the gums together. That is a perfect picture of a little baby, okay? <laughs> I say a little baby that's cutting teeth that, you know, you, you should ever see little babies, they just, they look at you and they just grit their teeth so tight that they just, everything just hurts. And then they get the stomach ache and the diarrhea. Very often that can happen as well. Remember, we always just treat the symptoms. So with podiphylin, we have the, the, say, the thirst for large quantities of cold water. That's also a phosphorus and a bryonia. Symptom: Their appetites are variable. Sometimes they desire huge amounts of food, and sometimes there's just an indifference to food. Remember, alternating symptoms, loss of appetite, smell of food causes loathing. They can crave acids, which disagree. They're worse after they eat or drink, especially acid fruit and milk. Diarrhea after sour milk, canned fruits, acids, and milk. They also tend to have a profuse, offensive sweat. So like if they do... Start trying to throw off the symptoms here. That they will have that that sweat about them, gurgling through the bowels. Then yellow, profuse, putrid stools gush out painlessly. It's a little kid that has like you just changed their diaper. I used to use cloth diapers all the time, which were nice because they actually absorbed the water. But I can remember you know times when little kids just you know the the diaper it just runs down the leg and it's awful, just awful odor. That would be a podophyllum moment. <laughs> There can be much gas. Diarrhea alternating with other symptoms. Diarrhea early in the morning, during teething, with hot glowing cheeks. The stools can be yellow with undigested food. Or green, watery, at times mixed with mucus, gushing. Yellow, fetid, profuse diarrhea. It's just, it's not a very good picture, okay? <laughs> when I think of, um, like, the the, the vomiting and diarrhea, I, I, I tend to think more of the Veratrum. But potophyllum is, like I said, it's the most specific for food poisoning. The stomach is weak. It's so weak that rice can't digest. Heartburn with gagging or empty retching. Hot, sour belching. Nausea and vomiting. Belches smell like rotten eggs. Constant gagging. Vomiting with of hot, frothy mucus. Vomiting of milk in infants. So you can see here the, the disturbance of the stomach. Where with Veratrum it's going to be more like flu-like symptoms where they actually just vomit up the food that they've eaten earlier today here you can see that this this violence is going on within the stomach and so and, and through this the entire intestinal tract and so you're getting this this yellow rotten egg ish coming both directions type of thing but all the food poisoning that I've ever really known about was just more the vomiting rather than the diarrhea but it can like I said it can be absolutely be both or one or the other, but you just treat the symptoms. Like I said, potophyllum is the remedy to have on hand. It's, it's amazing when it comes to food poisoning. The other thing is, is don't discount count the remedy cystis can, because with the one time that my, we went river rafting, my daughter got salmonella from the river and she, she had the violent vomiting, no diarrhea, just vomiting. It was so intense. It was just, she could, she couldn't even look at water, but what she wouldn't start gagging and dry heaving and i was about ready to take her in because she was dehydrating so quickly because see that's the other thing that happens is when you can't keep water down and your body is just getting rid of everything in an attempt to get rid of the bacteria that's growing inside you then you can get dehydrated and so you have to remember china as well china will help to replace those lost fluids and it can actually be the remedy for like bad water and things like that And also Cystis Can. Cystis Can, like I said, I called my homeopath at that time because I didn't, I didn't know enough about homeopathy. And so my homeopath said, well, airlift, we'll have it flown in because we didn't have it on hand. That's why I tell people, you know, have these remedies on hand. (laughs) You know, it's just like, what? So we called, we called the Twin Cities and they were going to send it out overnight, this remedy. And In the meantime, I thought, well, she's going to end up in the hospital. I didn't know what else to do because she was, like I said, I could just see her dehydrating. And dehydration, you can look, you can see the skin. The skin will change color and the eyes will lose their, their sparkle and they'll start to look dull. And then if you press the skin, the skin will stay indented when it's starting to dehydrate. It's a very scary situation. So anyway, I didn't know what to do and then I remembered the words James Tyler Kent had said of Cystis Can. When your patient looks as though they are suffering intently, give Cystis Can. So I did and she immediately went, oh thank you mom. And she never threw up again because see, she had gone so far downhill. It was like It's like a speeding truck when the body's going downhill and it's like almost impossible to get it to stop and go back uphill. And she had you know, like I said, her her vomiting had been so violent, but and she had gotten rid of everything. But it was just going downhill so fast that I just couldn't get her to turn around. And when I gave her that can, she immediately responded to the remedy. It was like that truck came to a screeching halt and stopped. And then after that, she could start to recover. So it was it was an, it was amazing. I didn't know to give China at that time. I could have possibly given that, and that would have done the trick. Just whatever it took to get that body to stop going downhill. You see what I'm saying? You treat the symptoms. You don't always have to know exactly what you're exposed to. And I did not realize that salmonella is basically the typhoid disease. You know, we changed the names. The names and the places have been changed to protect the innocent. In other words, in today's modern world, they've changed the names of the diseases in order to confuse the masses. And I'm serious. You know, there's only a handful of diseases in the world, guys. (laughs) Anyway, so the point is, is... Just have these remedies on hand. And don't be so afraid of, you know, living. Okay? I admit, you have to be prudent. You need to, yeah, pray over your food. Okay? Pray over your food before you eat things. And... Like I said, just be prudent. Keep your food to temperature. You know, cook it at high enough temperatures so as to kill the the bacteria that it. You know, because I'll tell you what. You ever been to a chicken plant? You ever been to a meat processing plant? Not a pretty sight. And you can be guaranteed that your meat is contaminated. Okay. Yep. They spray it and they wash it and they soak it and they put all sorts of toxins on it and everything else nowadays. But if you're buying food at a regular grocery store. Um, or at a fast food restaurant, you can be sure that it's been contaminated. So all you can do is hope that it's been cooked to temperature and not left to sit around to grow more of that bacteria, because it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. People freak out about food poisoning, but all these bacteria are everywhere okay they're they're in our bodies already it's just that it's it's only those that are possibly in a little bit of a weakened condition that succumb to the to the bacteria and i say you know like that chili that the person i knew and loved ate that time obviously they had enough that because that person has a very strong immune system but they ate enough that their body just could not get that under control and take care of it so it threw it out again and that's why the body throws things out is because just to get rid of it and uh so anyway (laughs) yes it is a serious situation and people do die from it but if you have your armory and you know how to treat this stuff it's not that big a deal and like i said i don't want to make too light of food poisoning because it is very serious but at the same time if you have the correct remedies and you have your activated charcoal you can protect your body you can even little kids you can protect it and just watch your kids you know if usually somebody that's been exposed to food poisoning they'll make a funny face even at when they ingest it okay because the body intuitively knows it's eating something bad or it intuitively knows it's dealing with something that it shouldn't be dealing with and so there'll be little key symptoms Like I said the nose might wrinkle um, you know just like in disgust they might put their hand on their tummy just little things like that you don't, you don't have to wait until it gets bad before you give that charcoal and arsenic up okay Alright, so like I said, this was supposed to be a podcast on (laughs) potophylum, And it is. potophylum like I said, is an amazing remedy. I wouldn't be without it. I've used it numerous times because it it just seriously is the best remedy for food poisoning when it gets to that stage. All right, I'm going to let you guys go. I hope you have a wonderful summer. (laughs) Don't freak out about food poisoning because you just can't. You can't live in fear, you know. Keep your hands clean. Cook your food properly. Don't let it sit around it at lukewarm temperatures. And that goes for everything. And that's not just meat. That's, you know, that's eggs, onions, anything. Just don't let it sit around to absorb the bacteria because it's everywhere and it can absorb it from any source. So just, just eat it up or put it back in the refrigerator and don't leave it sit out too long. All right. With that, you have a wonderful summer. May God bless you and yours.